Welcome to Volcano Watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Quinn Jerkinson. And I'm your other host, Alessandro Muso. We are PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and we're here to give you all the hot volcano news. First, the weekly volcano news and then the focus of the week. It's March 8th at the time of recording, and here are your quick updates. Okay, we'll start in the Americas this week. Okay, so starting off with the tallest plume for the week, we have the usual winner of Novato del Ruiz with a plume of 7.0 kilometers. <laughs> That's not the usual. What happened to Sabancaya? It was a bad weather week. No reports of Sabancaya plume heights. However, the Instituto Geofisico del Peru actually put on a monthly report um, talking about what happened for Sabancaya in February. And uh, there was one week in February where Sabancaya had 35 explosions per day, which is a lot. There's also been inflation at Huelca, Huelca, which is an extinct volcano that's just a few kilometers north of the volcano. The public is currently advised to stay at least 12 kilometers away from the summit. Okay, the rest of the Americas had activity from usual players with low-level activity from Pavlov, uh, Green Sitkins, Emis Pochnoi, Kilauea and Turrialba. Uh, there was usual dome shenanigans from Santa Guito in uh, Guatemala, basically, I mean, block and ash flows from a partial dome collapse. And we also had entries into the tallest plumes for America's competition from Fuego, Popocatapetl, Sengay, Reventador, and Nevada de Chilean. So at Davidoff, uh, earthquake swarm is still continuing, a few small earthquakes every day now. Davidoff doesn't have any record of an eruption in the Holocene. The Holocene started uh, around 11,700 years ago and is also a lovely song by Bonivert. Island in the Galapagos, the lava flow continues from the south-southeast slopes and thermal anomalies are still detected. In southern Chile at Cerro Hudson, the Cernejo Mir, which is essentially the observatory for southern Chile, reported seismic activity at this volcano. Um, so this is probably due to fluids moving through pre-existing cracks. Cerro Hudson is actually uh, was last active only in 2011, but notably in 1991 there was a VEI Five eruption. So this is definitely one to, to watch. Moving to Europe, Mama Hedna has remained calm with a few small hash blooms. Volcano Discovery brought our attention to an interesting ENGP report though. It states lava samples from the last two paroxysms indicate that there is a shift in the magma chemistry, potentially indicating that there is new magma coming from a different reservoir. Potentially, this new influx of magma indicates that we will see more activity from Mamahenna. So book your Sicilian holiday now. Campi Flegre in Italy, a new report from INGV states that the unrest continues. There's been ground inflation up to one centimeter per month and seismicity albeit only small seismic events, and degassing also remains elevated. In Asia, we had, as usual, activity from Hazo, Japan, Suanozojima in Rikyuhaland, uh, Japan as well, Semeru in East Java, Indonesia, Langila in New Britain, Papua New Guinea, Yasur in Tanahaland, Vanuatu, Aoba in Vanuatu as well, and an increased uh, seismicity was also seen at 
on Takesan in Japan. Notably at Samiro in East Java, Indonesia, there's a 500 meter exclusion zone around the Kokoban drainages uh, within seven kilometers of the summit. So this includes other drainage paths. So there's effectively like a 17 kilometer exclusion zone, which is quite a bit. Yeah. Um, though this week nevertheless Ruiz reigns supreme in the Americas, Manam's activity decimated any American plumes this week with an eruption on March 8 with a plume up to 15.2 km in height. At Marapi in Indonesia, the local observatory reports that the lava dome has been effusing lavas. There's actually two main domes at the summit crater and their respective volumes are reported uh, this week as 1.4. 58 and 3.2 million cubic meters. The seismicity at the volcano remains high. There were 173 lava avalanches which traveled up to 2 kilometers um, and one pyroclastic flow which traveled around 2 kilometers as well. The alert level remains at 3 and there is a 3 to 5 kilometer exclusion zone around this volcano. So that's it for the quick updates. Thanks as usual to our sources, Smithsonian Global Volcanism Program, volcanodiscovery.com, EGP, and the Geology and Mine uh, National Service of Chile and ENGV. It's time for the focus. So, for the focus of today, we are going to the island of Flores, uh, Pulau Flores in Indonesia, a quite big island in the Lesser Sunda Highlands, um, originally called Nipah. The island hosts an amazing volcano at Kelimutu. The volcano produced some minor phreatic explosions in historic times, but this is not the reason why it's super famous on the island. The volcano is around 1,640 meters high and presents three lakes on its top, two of which share a wall with each other. Okay, these lakes are pretty famous for their formidable water in which would you like to swim? I guess not. These lakes are really acidic and what this means is that one of them has a pH that is so low that it measures 0.5. So we recommend you probably don't swim there. The lake are instead famous for them color, that it is not a stable color. In fact, they change color over time. In 2016, these lakes changed colors six times, but let's go with the order of where, where the lakes are. So on the top of this volcano, there's three lakes, Tiwu Nua Kufai, which is typically turquoise, Tiwu Atapolo, which is typically colored either red or brown, and Tiwu Atamumpupu, which is usually a green or a blue color. Tiwu Atamumbupu was green in 1930 and white in 1970, and today it's more common to have a dark blue color, sometimes uh, more of a black color, actually. As we already mentioned, the changes can happen rapidly. They can change color several times per year, and you can see changes from white to blue to red, brown, green, and black, just depending on time you are visiting them. Okay, so why are these lakes changing colors? The main reason is still a bit debated and water measurements are hard to be done. The color can change in relation with the rain season, but also without any correlation with uh, a seasonal reason. So one reason might be related to the fumaroles beneath the lakes, which favor the upwelling of denser mineral-rich water from the very bottom of the lake. 
Another reason might be found in a change in the oxygenation of the lake due to the gas injection within the crater or to the rains which can oxygenate the lake seasonally. Okay, so the red color can be produced with high levels of oxygen which allow the hematite and iron oxide to precipitate. This process is inhibited at low pH, and for that reason, Tiwunua, the most acidic lake, is never red. So, the color of the lake can be related to the presence of soddy particles in water, which can absorb and reflect certain colors, as hematite, for example. It also depends on the size of the particles, and the formation of these precipitates It is sensitive to several parameters, as the chemistry of the lake, the temperature, the fumarole activity, and the oxygenation, but also the pH changes. Of the lake. So what it is clear it is that the volcanic activity play a very important role in determining how these lakes looks like. So if you want to learn a little bit more in detail about all the possible processes uh, which can lead to these cool changes in color, we recommend you to read uh, Kelly Mutu, The Magic of Color, post by Albert on our favorite volcanocafe.org. And also there's a nice overview found on the EGU Geolog, which is written by Laura Roberts-Artal. And now it's time for the meat. But there's a myth? Yeah. The lakes meet. Ugh, of course, these lakes have a myth. I love these lakes. So cool. So the Indonesian folklore want these lakes as the resting place uh, of the Indonesian ancestors. So Tiwunuamurikofai is the lake of young women and men. Uh, Tiwu Atambupu is the lake where all people are resting. And of course, the red and brown lake Tiwatapolo is the resting place for those who have been evil in life. Whoa. This is a very interesting myth. Yeah, super nice one. So that's it, unfortunately, for today. Uh, thanks to our sources, the NASA Earth Observatory, the EGU Geolog blog, VolcanoCafe.org, Murphy et al. 2018, and the Smithsonian Global Volcanism Program. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.